What's good, everybody? This is Ryan coming at you with a solo episode of the Anti-Art Podcast. I had my wisdom teeth just taken out recently, so I've been a little bit under the weather, a little bit uh, uh, perked out, and uh, ibuprofened out. Um, so, yeah, that's why my voice is so dejected sounding like this, and I'm tired. I just finished editing this episode, but enough complaining from me. You, you get enough of that on the regular podcast. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with the excellent Philly hardcore band Soul Glow. Uh, they've been much talked about, much praised by people like Anthony Fantano, Pitchfork, Fader, other places like that. They have a very unique blend of hip hop, political satire, as well as just like political action with um, hardcore music and thrash metal and all different types of genres. I had the pleasure again of speaking to three of their members, Pierce, Gigi, and TJ. Uh, I'll warn you, just like their music, um, the audio of this podcast is a little bit uh, abrasive, I guess you'd, you'd say. We recorded it on our normal podcast software, but but uh, unfortunately, I guess like it doesn't really work so well on cell phones. So there's some audio dropping out, um, and especially with TJ's microphone, God bless him for getting through this episode of the podcast. There was a ton of feedback and scratching and all types of crazy shit, which I left in some of it just for comedic effect. Hopefully it doesn't bother your ears that much, but... Um, I'm essentially doing this part here just to kind of warn you and to keep your retention because this is a really great episode. And again, just like their album, if you listen past the noise and past the abrasiveness and stuff like that, you'll, you'll get a real good message because I think a lot of the things that we talk about are socially relevant to, um, things that are happening now. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode because, you know, they're all three of them are fucking hilarious, uh, in addition to being extremely talented and extremely nuanced with their music. So, you know, without further ado, uh, this is Soul Glow from Philadelphia. So we can get started, uh, I guess. Welcome, everybody, to the Anti-Art Podcast. I don't know what fucking episode this is at this point, and I'm not going to look. I don't care. Just wanted to congratulate uh, you guys on all the success you've had, all the praise that you guys have thrown at you for good reason. Just want to say I've never heard an album quite like Diaspora Problems in my entire life. Oh, damn. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. So the blending of genres, blending of influences on this thing. Um, maybe you guys can tell me a little bit about the recording process behind this, like a little bit behind the scenes. Maybe how long it took to record. Sure, it took like a month and a half to record, mm-hmm. and we did like a few days of pre-production, which was hell. Where I had to the song multiple times, and we would shift the tempos, and everyone would get angry and be like, "Oh my god!" And then. And we recorded this at Second Street Studio, which was like a hot ass warehouse with no air conditioning. And TJ had a lot of fun being in that because we had to record drums it was, it was in so, the room. Especially when we had to take a whole day to move the studio downstairs so everyone except for me can have air conditioning. That was really fucking sick. <laughs> I've never actually been on a slave ship, but I feel like that was similar. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> and, then we, uh, and then after TJ went through hell and, you know, we did like track by track recording mm-hmm. um, at a different, at our practice space. Yep. And also hot. That was also fun. <laughs> 
Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah, that, that's uh, pretty intense. Like, it just feels like a very cohesive record with a lot of different themes. How did you guys decide to come up with all these themes for this album? Because I feel like before, well, just looking at your previous albums, the themes were all there, of course, but it was like Untitled, Untitled LP. The last album was just all numbers. This album seems to be very like concise as far as the themes and like the themes of the songs specifically go. So like, what made you guys want to shift to um, to that kind of style? Uh, you know, I just every every song is just just talking about my life and shit. But uh, you know, the, the titles the titles made their way back after <laughs> after uh, a long power struggle where <laughs> where we were trying to figure out how to refer to the songs. Uh, that's mostly why we were doing the numbers and, and stuff. Like we like I was talking about this with uh with my buddy Jeremy the other day. It's like he was like, well, you know, Ampere kind of did a similar thing, and I was like, oh yeah, it's true. Like mm-hmm. it's just like writing it in the order, uh, like just like naming the songs in the order that they were written, and because that's just how we were referring to them. Okay. Um, and like I thought of titles, but like we didn't ever use them, so I was like, okay, well, fuck y'all. I'm not gonna keep trying to think of titles <laughs> if we're not gonna use them. And then it became a very confusing uh-huh. mess when people would talk try to talk to us about songs because I was also not trying to be like. <laughs> You know, like it's like it's not going to have any kind of album type flow if we just put if we just release the songs in the order we wrote them. Mm-hmm. So, like that made the the number process that much more complex, and ultimately like rendered its obsolete, which was what I was, you know, saying was going to happen the whole time. But anyway, <laughs> like I'm being petty about it because it was just like a like years of a, of, a, of an end, of, of a power struggle in the band uh, about it, but. GG and TJ don't really have anything to do with that. It was it was a different time. So yeah. like by the time G- yeah, GG and TJ like came into the band like uh kind of at a time where we were getting over that. Yep. <laughs> that hump. And so the titles were starting to make their way back and that's why uh Songs Heat at the Sun had titles. Um some of the like twenty nine was like our twenty ninth <clears throat> song that we'd written and um hmm. I just like was I was I was like that's gonna be the, the last you know, song with 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 a number for a title, and then I was gonna go back to like actually you know trying to think of titles and stuff, um, and so yeah, that's, that's kind of what that. Yeah, <laughs> it was mad annoying because like on like song one on the untitled LP is like nineteen, and I was like, dude, what the fuck are y'all doing to me? Yeah, <laughs> you hear that right? Mind numbing. Yeah, TJ, what's like happening cicadas. to you? <laughs> you what do you like mean? Cicadas. I can cut it. Your your microphone sounds like cicadas fighting. <laughs> you sound like you're between realities. Is this yeah. better or worse? That is that's better. way better. Good. Yes. TJ just standing on like a trash can. And- <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just I'm just in I'm in I'm in digital prison right now. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Are you using an Are you using an antenna, dude? Like, <laughs> no, I'm using I'm using I'm using Bluetooth friggin' headphones. I, I feel like oh. your mic sounds like what your music sounds like to my mom or some shit like that. <laughs> She's like, oh, <laughs> is this is this <laughs> probably? Yeah, it's, it's probably it's, it's like what it sounds like hell. to my mom too. Turn on the noise, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's funny as hell. Oh my god. So okay, so if I can get it clear basically the titles of the songs with the numbers that was like the the order in which you wrote the songs like like number one would be the first yeah. song that you wrote number 40 would be like the 40th song that you wrote but then exactly so you'd organize but you'd organize it by like the way you would normally organize an album so then it would be like 40 would be above 29 which would be below right 30 okay right that's, so that's why the nigga is me looks looks the way that it does 
and then like the first seven songs on our album were actually written after like the the later 13 songs that have titles Mm -hmm. that's just what happens when niggas go against me for real but uh you know (laughs) like (laughs) but uh like that it, it was it was a, a messy and confusing process but personally I don't really care I don't think it's that big of a deal like, the songs are still the songs and the lyrics mm-hmm. are there like they never changed um, but yeah now we're doing titles again okay yeah I think I think it probably benefits uh, it benefits you guys because I feel like to the average person listening maybe if they're not into hardcore music like it's already like quote unquote like difficult to get into but like definitely it, you know what I mean but like with, I feel like with the song titles it gives people kind of a guide to like what the song kind of should be about and then they can kind of delve in from there you know that's what I fucking thought uh, <laughs> but you know but you know motherfuckers want to try to be mysterious and shit I don't really get that but yeah whatever yeah I, I know what you're saying because I feel like people think that because they're doing something different or because they're doing something quote unquote like mysterious or like experimental or like whatever like if they, if they do something like with a title or something it's like almost like you're selling out or some shit which is yeah which is like kind of silly uh like there's people's people's ideas around selling out it's it's crazy to me that we have so much analysis and discourse around capitalism and still niggas are having conversations about selling out in hardcore like oh my god dude like (laughs) like are you fucking kidding me like but but it's also like so selective because nobody talk about turnstile sold out so what the fuck is is niggas really talking about yeah that's a really really good point actually (laughs) it's a super good point like actually yeah and I like their music a lot, and I, and I like your guys' music a lot, so I don't understand. I, the, the whole thing about selling out is, is really doesn't really make any sense. I agree. I mean, you have a song on here about like taking up arms, like and having guns and shit. I feel like it, I feel like you're kind of beyond selling, quote unquote, selling out at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also like, I don't know. I feel like anybody can call for sell out, call sell out at any point, and I'm like, well, that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I don't know, like and, like and I like I can't imagine. Like I mean, I I, I have seen people say the solid thing about Turnstile, which is corny, uh, but also it's like as it was said to me, if you don't like them niggas' music, you just hate fun. Yeah, and like <laughs> and like, and, I, and like and that's and that's okay. But you just got to admit that about yourself. And I feel like that's true. If you think these niggas sold out, maybe you just hate fun. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe you just a hate. Maybe you just a fucking hater. Like, yeah, you're gonna look at this cotton candy ass looking album and be like, I hate this. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's very. It's. I mean, it's as far as as far as hardcore records go. I would say it's pretty inoffensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, as, mean, a, as opposed to diaspora problems, I feel like I feel like your guys' album would definitely uh, poke at people more than more than that for sure. Uh, I, would, I mean. It's definitely niggas. I'm, like I wouldn't say I'm trying to offend, but it's just like by my by the nature of our very existence, it will be offensive to some people. But also, I think that's like maybe like the point of of punk rock, really. But you know, I don't really know. I'm just a young guy. I haven't seen that much. <laughs> I don't, I don't. How, how old are you guys? I'm 29. 29. Okay. 31. I'm I am also 29. Yeah, you guys are pretty young. Uh, damn. How long have you guys been together as this, as this group? Is this, is this, you, you said that you, you guys came into the band later, TJ and Judy, right? Yes. So w- when did this, um, this, uh, iteration, I guess, of Soul Glow, when did it come together? Like what year? It was like 2018, 2017 was when TJ joined. Oh, okay. And Gigi joined like 
a year before that. As far as this album goes, like, what do you feel like people are connecting the most with? Like, the aggression, the urgency, the message, kind of a combination? What would you say? I feel like people are connecting most with the music more than anything, honestly. Like, I feel like what, what we try to do, like, sonically, people are really fucking with. Mm-hmm. Like, even more than the lyrics, honestly. Like, I feel like, you know, people have definitely talked about, like, my words and shit, which I'm very grateful and proud of. Mm-hmm. Grateful for and proud of. But, like, I feel like more than anything, people are... I, I, it's not lost on me that I'm not easy to understand. So, so, so it's like, I, I, like, I feel like people hear what's going on first, and they're like, "Yeah, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever heard a song that does these things, yep, and does it in a way that feels like effort. I wouldn't say effortless, but feels cohesive, and." And I think people who really, really fuck with it then start to read the lyrics beyond that. Unless it's something that stands out to them. But yeah, I feel like people just hear what we're trying to do musically and are, and are like, wow, this is a blend. <laughs> a blend of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and Which like, is, I don't know. And, yeah. and, and just kind of addressing the other uh, the other band members in the group, like, do you guys, what, what is your guys' input as far as like, uh, as far as the music goes? Like, as far as, because again, it's like a blend of different genres. Do you, do you guys come in with ideas and you kind of just kind of try and blend it all together? Or like, does it go member by member on like how the song's direction goes? Like, how does it, how does it go? <clears throat> Usually we come in with skeletons and then we all write parts around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like our own pretty, flavors. Yeah, it's a pretty collaborative effort with all of us just uh, bouncing around ideas in our practice space. As far as like the production, the electronic elements of it, I usually just do it all in Ableton. Hmm. And then Pierce will, you know, have some input as to like what to put onto the beats. Sometimes, uh, like the it takes two type shit was his idea. Yeah. On coming correct is cheap, right? That's uh, what you're referring to. Yeah. Like the br- the <laughs> break. Honestly, the way that you guys uh, brought that into the mix, I never. That's one of the elements of, of music that I've never heard, like in this particular genre before. Like, it's very interesting the way that you guys fuse that. So, I thought that was but simultaneously. You remember the time because if you're older than us, which I know you are, you like you must you know you remember the time when that shit was like music hot sauce. I'm, I'm, and, like, <laughs> I'm 26, but I do remember. Yes. Oh shit! Wow. Okay, my fault. But, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but <laughs> when you say when you said we're pretty young, I was like, oh, you must be older than us. But all right, all right. <laughs> but but yeah, um, it's just like yeah, that sh- that shit is like musical hot sauce to me, and I just and I was just like, I don't know why. We stopped putting that in songs. <laughs> and that's it's really it's really as simple as that. Like it's just like we have a lot of stuff that we like and want to see reflected in music, hmm. and so we just want to do it. Yeah, we need more stadium house. We need more of that fucking basketball music. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yo, yo, quad, yo, there was when I was a child. I heard like I feel like I heard Quad City DJs every fucking day of my life. Yeah, I love I love that kind of music. Honestly, like the like the KLF and shit like that. I love that fucking <laughs> music. Yeah, it just makes you feel like I don't know what what Gigi and I talked about a lot is like music that sounds like being outside, mm. just like in the world and shit. And like, so I've talked about like the group War a lot because to me that sounds like being outside. 
a lot of Stevie Wonder songs sound like being outside. Like Sly and the Family Stone also sounds like it just sounds like life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. It sounds like very American and just like what it's like to just walk down the street. I guess like yeah. Um, and so, and I I feel like that was definitely like the, like the kind of spirit we were trying to like embody in in our shit. I mean, alongside still trying to be like you know a hardcore band or whatever. Like, so I, I feel like you know stuff stuff like that is like just what what we aim for. Yeah, being, being folksy and rustic, I guess that that makes a lot of sense. That, that makes a lot <laughs> in of sense our own in urban way. <laughs> and um, especially especially nowadays, and especially like in the past couple of years, I feel like being outside has been increasing increasingly dangerous and increasingly like scary. So I feel like I yeah. can, I totally understand where you guys yeah. are coming from. Where like as far as the music goes, like my friend lives in Philly. My my friend who I run this page with, and he said um, in the summer of 2020 there was fucking like military helicopters flying <laughs> overhead. There was like you know yeah. national guard and all that shit. It's like being outside was yeah. <laughs> was fucked up yeah you know so during that during that time we were like a few months away from getting from from starting our talks with epitaph and shit just seemed very confusing and bleak you know like we were we were were in quarantine and niggas was trying to kill us so it's like (laughs) so it's like Hmm. yeah like philly it, it was it was it was really rough during that time i'm not gonna lie like like yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of there was a lot of people doing like really crazy shit in in the city, uh, and like the police were just like looking the other way basically. Hmm. And the, what you said is like a very valuable thing about how like going outside has definitely be, become a little like scarier and shit. And part of me feels as though like <laughs> there has been this social shift that's been happening for a long time to try to make people afraid of going outside and to try to make people not want to go outside like making like fucking every everything available to like for streaming and shit all media is like privatized hmm. like it 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 just all makes sense like with like why with how the powers that be are you know trying to contain the masses as things become slowly and slowly harder to accept it's i i feel like simultaneously like i i wouldn't say it was like a conscious effort but i do feel like it seeped its way in because we wanted to be playing shows we wanted to be living life we still hate the fucking government and we hate mm-hmm. them every like more and more each day because every day is just like a continued series of failures right to like <laughs> to do anything besides like protect your own fucking interests there's no fucking money and yet you get it's billions of dollars every day going to fucking ukraine like I, <laughs> like i yeah no, I, I no i 100 percent agree i mean yeah you can't oh, even so, cancel the student fucking oh. hire, man. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry i don't know if you guys can hear that either again <laughs> no it was like it just sounded like <laughs> 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 Sorry, we'll get. We'll How's get this? That sounds good. That's, that's good. <laughs> sounds great. Go ahead. This okay. I'm glad you can hear this, but it it like is causing a repeat that is driving me insane. So uh, the only thing I wanted to say is that like it's wild that we live in a country where they can't cancel the student debt. But like Pierce was saying, it's like we could throw you know billions of dollars at proxy wars, right? To like just to kick up the cold war, so that way we can keep the DOD contracts like moving. You know, like it's just it, the transparency of it is just like 
Yeah. It's absurd. I uh, I agree. I mean, one of my biggest stressors at this moment is uh, I, I, run, I run this music page. I would like to try and do more stuff with it. But my main thing holding me back is that my student debt is going to come back and hit me in the ass in, on August 31st. And it's yeah. like... It's like it's like get rid of that shit. It's annoying. It's like it's annoying everybody. It's like fucking annoying. They're like, they're like, why aren't millennials spending any money? It's like, nigga, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're giving it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like we make we make no fucking money. The wages haven't gone up in fifty years. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like there was there was a wide period of time where I was making more money than my own mother, and I was still broke. You know, it's like that's that's how it is. Like that's just how shit is. You know, it's like my parents aren't that much like that young. You know, like right. And then and fucking Joe Biden's bitch ass talking about it would be a disres- it would be disrespectful to my dead son to give everybody free health care. I'm like fuck you and your son first of all because you gonna die in like 15 seconds anyway. And meanwhile that nigga's already dead, so I'm supposed to feel bad for either of y'all who've had more money than me this whole time and still that nigga died. You had all these advantages and still that nigga died and you're mad at me because I'm just out here with fucking asthma that I'm trying to pay for. Yeah, like, he he thinks that we need to understand that. It's like, no, I fucking don't. How about no? <laughs> like, I, I fuck you and your dead son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly. Damn, I'm going to be radicalized as hell by the end of the shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, like, and, and, and niggas, is like, niggas is like, oh, Pierce, you saying all this wild shit in the songs. I'm like, am I? Yeah, no, it's, you're not. Because isn't this just how we all feel? <laughs> like, I feel like the way that people thought about Trump where it's like, oh, he's saying what needs to be said or he's saying what's on everybody's mind. Like, he really didn't. I mean, a part of the population, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I guess so. But the other half of the population, I think you're really into. The, the part of the population that's like, that's all, just trying to live their lives. They're tired. You know what I mean? People are sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... They're anti-black, so they need somebody to blame. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just... I'm imagining TJ is in this, like, extremely, like, contorted pose trying to make this shit work. My, my man's collaborating with Arker. <laughs> How's this? How's this? How, how do we feel about this setting? It sounds you good. You sound right? like you're at the beach. Yeah, it sounds all right. Yeah. You don't sound like you're inside diarrhea anymore. <laughs> like, are you on the magic school bus inside somebody's body? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, okay. Is, uh, it, is that better than whatever it was? Or it's, I, can hear, I can hear you. There's just like some. I, it's, there's just like, I can hear you, but it sounds like somebody is like playing jazz drums behind you. <laughs> like someone's like doing like 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 the brushes on the snare. Yeah, you sound like you're like osmosis. Drums. I like yeah. I I have no idea what I have no idea what to do. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. We can make you out. If though. you can stay like this, it sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Like, <laughs> sounded like you're a fucking D Day. <laughs> TJ calling us from 1945. <laughs> yeah, I got I got sent to the past. That must be it. They don't they don't have like any repeaters here, you know. <laughs> I found like the one internet connection in the forties that they have like in, this, in some deep state warehouse. <laughs> this is like the most this is the most hilarious program. Like just every time my like my phone goes dark and someone just goes and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> 
Oh, man. <laughs> My listeners are going to love this shit. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet yesterday. This old ass man was just like, you know, if young voters are, dis- are disillusioned by Joe Biden's performance, they're going to have a lot to think about when the next GOP uh, controlled majority comes along. And I'm just like, yo. I got so heated. I was like, "That shit, this shit does not work anymore, okay? You cannot guilt us into voting blue anymore because y'all niggas are useless, actually. And you are basically the same as them, but, like, worse, mm-hmm. actually, because, like, you're, you're fake. Like, at least these niggas, like, hate us with their chest, which I, which I would much rather, like, deal with. Like, I can't stand, like, a sneak dissing-ass, bitch-ass nigga who was trying to tell me that they're on my side, but, like, but is, like, actually also still plotting my fucking demise. Like, and that's, like, that's the Democratic Party. Yeah, I feel like the song, the song We Want's Revenge, I feel like that's really what the message of that was, if I can, from what I can tell. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that song, that, yeah, that song is, it's like, it's like, it's about that and just being... Afraid and scared as a child, but then also realizing very quickly what the fuck was going on and how how stinky the food was, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so to speak. I would say John John Jay is also deeply about is also deeply about that disillusionment because it's like the sworn enemy is is the is the Republican Party and the fake friend is the Democratic Party. You feel me? Yeah, no, for sure. <sighs> it's um, and it's just like. I, I, I can't deal I'm not going to be able to deal with like so-called punks in like two years talking down to me again in like anti-black ass ways like I don't fucking know anything like I don't know anything about history again telling me we need to do all this stuff to make sure Donald Trump doesn't get reelected. it's like these things are all the same I, I completely completely and totally agree with you I feel like to learn stuff like that at such a young age must have been really fucking scary because at least when I was younger like in middle school they'd be like oh you gotta go out and vote it's really important you know what I mean this that and the other thing and I, I believed it uh, for a long time, yeah, we all did. And uh, I voted for Obama. Yeah, I was happy. To. Uh, as as did I. Yeah. At what point did you guys realize that it was all kind of like complete bullshit? Like, I mean, I mean, I think Obama. I, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because Dick wrote that I shit. Think, like, because I, Dick wrote I, him I, like I, he was the fucking. <clears throat> sorry, what? <laughs> I made it a bit further than that, but I think for me it was when Bernie dropped out and bought a house, and then ran again and dropped out again. Hmm. I was like, this is like this is just literally fucking hopeless. <laughs> I'm gonna be so psyched when Bernie Sanders dies. Like I have been waiting for that nigga to die for a long time. I hate that motherfucker so fucking much, and I hate how, how like, his effect on people more than anything. Hmm. I hate his effect on like my like my peer group yep and how he, like just like how people seem to just like have amnesia he's like he's like the drake of politics i i don't understand like how people just like it's like how people don't see who like like how, like again like I, I don't care about his fucking character or what i'm supposed to believe about his character or anything it's like he has a job to do niggas have jobs to do and instead, they're just being like low key celebrities. And it's 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 sickening to me, honestly. Hmm. Like, just be a celebrity. Don't try to don't try to affect policy. I haven't heard uh, anti Bernie slander in a while, and I I kind of I kind of would tend to agree with you to be completely honest. Like, I feel like. Oh man, it just it just totally sucks because it's like a, a lot of people saw him as like the last hope or something like that. But at the same time, he's the same age as Biden, and if he's the last hope. Like we're really fucked because people need to look into their own hearts and see that they are the last hope. Hmm. Like I don't understand what. Like, I, <laughs> see, I'm about to get real disrespectful. But, <laughs> but, but like, real disrespectful. I don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. But like. 
it's crazy to me how you could, so this, this is why I said like Obama was my last was my last time because I was like oh so even when there's somebody who looks like me it's still bullshit because that's really what I needed to see I didn't need to see anything else and now I'm seeing more and more so-called representation and it's like yeah this is bullshit this is all fucking bullshit none of these motherfuckers are even really human it's like a useless game mm-hmm. and and the fact that it's like being treated like a game also when it's like very pe- people's very real lives hanging in the balance you know what I'm saying people I know and love have died because they have not because they didn't have adequate health care to catch free, pre-existing conditions right <clears throat> like my friend Matt uh, who is the founder of an organization that I volunteer with sometimes had a heart attack at 25 because of stress. Holy shit. And I'm just like, if that man died at 25, there would be so many youth in Philadelphia who would be directly affected by his absence. Right. And it's just like, I live in Philadelphia and I have friends here. Like I'm a, like I'm a, I'm just a guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and that, like, this is just like, like the, the shit that these songs are about is just like, it's just the fucking lives that we're all leading. But I, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It, it gets weird to me sometimes when, when, when people say like the things that I'm saying, like no one else is saying, and it's just like, yo, why the fuck not? Yeah. Like, cause we're definitely having these conversations. It's representative of what we're going through. And I think, honestly, like, your guys' album is in my top three of the year so far. And it might even go up further because, honestly, the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I'm just like, yeah, this is like, this represents our time perfectly. This is like, we're all burnt out. You know what I mean? We're all tired of hearing the excuses and we're all tired of hearing the promises and, you know, uh, being told time and time again by both parties, exactly like you said, like, you know, like, we're the next hope. We're going to help you. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. And then they take it away and then they gaslight you. I mean, they gave us the fucking third. Uh, um, stimulus checks and then they tax us for it it's like yo yo <laughs> what the fuck is yo, that yeah. you cheap ass bastards like <laughs> at least donald was giving us the goddamn money i mean jesus this is what i'm saying like i'm out here fucking embarrassed that i'm sitting here talking that i'm sitting here talking about how donald trump was actually a better president than joe biden has been so far <laughs> yeah that does not make me feel good to say that nigga is a child molester yeah like <laughs> Everybody fucking knows it. It's like, it's sick. It's like, this world is sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's better, yeah. but like, but like, they're both, they're both like F minuses. I don't know. They're both turds. Yes. Or one of them is yes. a bigger turd, I guess. I don't know. Like, what is well, a, what is a, uh, what is a turd that didn't have any money in it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you broke it open. The screaming through the static is the sickest thing I've heard in a minute. <laughs> I'll send it to you guys if you want to sample it or something. I don't yeah, please, actually. <laughs> That really sounded like TJ was being transported through dimension. <laughs> yeah. it's, is it's, this better yes, or worse? Yes, yeah, better. that's better. Go that's ahead. better. Go ahead, man. What are you going to say? Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't even remember, to be honest. I was going to say that and this, is, this is proof that Apple is trying to brick my phone. Because like, oh, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't have 5G. This is like, I've been having nonstop problems ever since 5G. Uh, Apple can lick these nuts, too, man. Because they're definitely like... They're definitely have some kind of contract with Otterboxes that's making like worse and worse phone cases so that the phones can keep breaking. <laughs> 
That's a wild conspiracy. I've never heard that one. <laughs> like planned obsolescence, <laughs> like planned obsolescence in, in obsolescence in general. Like that shit. I'm sick of this shit. You, I don't know. You, you have to have noticed that the phones are getting easier and easier to break. Oh yeah, big time. They're like, oh, bring it in the shower. It's waterproof, and then it's like, oh, just kidding. No, it's not. No phone is waterproof. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, now my speakers don't work and shit. <laughs> uh, I wanted to move on, maybe a co- to a couple of the more songs on your guys' album, because um, I thought the song, I thought the song, the song "Thumbsucker" had a really great message. Um, just basically about how starting off, you, you know, when you're a child, you suck your thumb. As you get older, you pacify yourself with different methods, like smoking weed or you know, uh, yeah. escritalopram. What was what was like the inception of that like where did that idea start because i think that's pretty genius i mean yeah i've been i've been doing a lot of uh (laughs) self-questioning as well as just like uh just an analysis of like male development because i feel like there's also like not too many like hardcore albums and songs about how like how men specifically become the way that they are yep um i just like you know kind of had like a eureka moment where i realized like how early onset my anxiety was mm-hmm. and how how really how uh, unprepared and un- inequipped we, like everybody around me including myself obviously because I was a child was to like handle it yep. cuz that's just like where where our culture was at, at the time <laughs> and like I think where like the culture of child rearing that my parents were brought up in just where where we were at and so it's like I don't really blame them you know because, like, I don't... Me and my parents have a good relationship, you know? Yep. But just, like, you have to... But everybody has to, like, when they go through those those periods of self, uh, self-analysis, they see, like, where, you know, certain shortcomings... The gaps, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But getting older, I didn't really address this as much on this album, but I feel like in, in the future, in my future writing in general, I probably will. I, I have a lot of, like, ideas and theories about the way that, like male friend groups exist hmm. and like how and like the way like power dynamics exist in in male friend groups so it's like basically just like a lot of a lot of these bands also that are you know it's like groups of adult men also exist like this where it's where it's just like a continuation of how shit was in middle school and i feel like you, you like i know you've experienced that <laughs> like, i know you know what i'm talking about oh yeah uh i definitely know what you're talking about where um especially if you if you go to the same middle school the same high school and then you're you, then you're a townie as well i broke out yep. of that cycle in high school because i went to a different high school than you know my public one or whatever but like i noticed these kids where, where you meet up with them later and they just like all make the same jokes they just all have the same mentality they just all like you know what I mean? Have the same dynamics and shit, and you just tolerate yep. it. And yep. that shit is that shit is really interesting to me, uh, for sure. Yeah, that, that that dynamic where it's like the person who leads the group is the person who can't get got. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, the person who can like never get like joned on or anything. Like that's always the most powerful person, like the the so-called funniest person. Oh sure, that shit um, plays a big part. I think in like the. The, the the development that I was also talking about in Thumbsucker, it, it has a big part. It plays a big part in that. And I feel like that's like something that I'll probably like start getting into, like you know, in in, in later writing. But yeah, it's just about like male development, basically. How, how do the other two band members feel about uh, male development? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you hear me? I'm like a robot. I can hear you. You, you did for like a second, but then you then it, it fixed itself. Go ahead. I think male, de- male development is like very much, I mean, not widely understood. 
<laughs> Even <laughs> yeah, uh, something that like definitely not uh, something that I don't. I mean, I don't even really have a firm gr- grasp of all the time. But the conversations <laughs> me and Pierce have had even have just kind of been like very eye opening and just sort of these patterns that do develop like very early in life with just like relational dynamics, I guess, and just like like weird like unspoken hierarchies. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's something that I want to like learn more about myself. For Personally. There's always the one friend that gets made fun of and just stays in the group for some reason because they had nowhere else to go. That's another interesting uh, dynamic as, uh, of these friend groups, I would say. And what's funny is that these dynamics in friend groups is what often leads people to get into like alternative music because they don't they feel alienated by their peers, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what happens when you bring this same mentality into the into like the community or, or lack thereof, where it's supposed to be like a, a refuge from that? Yeah. I've been very interested in that for a minute. It's a really interesting and good topic to delve into, <laughs> I would say. I feel like you could do a whole album about, like, townies and people who just, like, tolerate their friend groups just to kind of not be alone and shit like that, for sure. I feel like... Yeah. And how that turns us into very lonely and shitty adults. Especially when we don't have anybody, <laughs> like, checking us on it, you know? Well, yeah, because you... We're not checking ourselves. You, you even mentioned, like, the quote-unquote funniest person in the group. I feel like when someone like that goes to an open mic, they just get fucking blasted. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I, I definitely agree. Like, it's like... Yeah. You <laughs> you realize that you're not... You're, 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 your so-called humor is actually just being mean. Just regurgitating the office and shit like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Even, or, yeah, even worse <laughs> than being mean. <laughs> Drippinomics is another really great song from the album. It's a, definitely a switch-up in style. It's something that you guys have done before, kind of delving into, like, rap music, I guess, but I love this whole exploration basically of like the economics of of drip essentially yeah i, I had this friend who told me basically when he was at that astroworld festival uh this year and they were selling uh-huh. they were selling jordans like astroworld jordans or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and crazy. Uh, it is it is crazy but they had but StockX came by before the show and took like 30 percent of the stock right off the top exactly and exactly stuff like that is is just mind-blowing to me and and the, or that story of that executive's like a uh, kid who like bought up like 25 percent of like the off-white jordans and sold them and stuff. Yep. Yep. I feel like a lot of the the resale market was originally controlled by the people for like a month and then all of a sudden it flipped right back over to StockX and all these basically the people that are making the shoes are just selling you the shoes just for higher prices in, in a different form later on. Yeah. So for me like the concept of dripponomics like definitely like goes like a little bit outside of clothing and like reselling and it's also just it's kind of more about just like like monetizing your skills and being your your own source of income mm-hmm. and doing it in a way where like you know just you're getting as much of that capital as possible and like not fucking letting it get taxed or anything like that mm-hmm. i'm so glad you mentioned StockX because like yo dead ass it was like two months after the shit that was going down in june Yep. I saw a StockX commercial and they were selling furniture. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause basically like all the money that they made off of people reselling clothes from like, from breaking into stores and shit, they used to go legit. And I'm like, yo, that is so fucked up. <laughs> oh my God. Wait a like, I didn't even think about it. So, so you're saying that people were breaking into stores, stealing Jordans and then putting them on StockX. I mean, where else were they putting them? No, you're right. That's well, like, I, I never even thought about that. Wow. So it's like, everybody's like, why? Oh, why are they destroying their own community? Okay. First of all, it's not my fucking community. Uh, <laughs> like, yes, so like, bur- like, or target or whatever got burned down. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make me fucking laugh. See you later. Don't make me fucking laugh. But like, that's not my fucking community. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that's, that's why like, 
whatever. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. But like, that's not, that's not, it's like, don't try to like lie to me and make me feel guilty about like destroying a store that I can't even afford to shop in. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, people are like, why are they stealing clothes? Why are they, do-? like, are you dumb? <laughs> like, I, like, I feel like people were asking that question like, so much around that time. Like, why are they stealing clothes? Like, why are they breaking into this place instead of this place? I'm like, yo, are you dumb? Like, you really don't get it? Like, you really don't get that people need fucking money? <laughs> yeah, you can, st- you can steal a loaf of bread that costs one dollar, or you can steal a fucking college shirt that costs like eight hundred dollars. It's like you can buy eight hundred right, and then, and sell and sell it for twelve hundred. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It was mind blowing to me, and like, I just felt like I knew that that was what was happening off rip, and then I, it was just like confirmed when I saw that Stop X commercial. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you there. I think um, that's probably exactly what happened. Going back to your point about like burning down communities that aren't even yours or burning down things that aren't even yours. I remember, and, and also kind of going into that song, like, We Wants Revenge a little bit. I remember a quote from our Killer Mike, basically, during the riots and stuff like that in 2020. You guys shouldn't be burning down your own community, this and that. And then, but years before, with Run the Jewels, he was talking about burning a jail down and setting people and setting people free. Killing them and killing the police. Killing the police. Killing- hey, I, know, I know exactly what song you're talking about, and I fucking love that song and actually like in john jay when i said i know where my house is mike yep like that's what i'm talking about so i'm uh, glad you brought that reference up as well yeah because i feel like a lot i feel like, like that that sentence is like maybe like maybe lost on some people yeah but that's what the fuck i'm talking about but i thought about it some more and i i couldn't help but feel like because i watched that press conference too and i was fucking depressed by it and but i'm also like yo i feel like the police in atlanta just put killer bike in a really fucked up him and his family in a really fucked up position mm-hmm. and basically was like go like tell these niggers to calm down because they'll listen to you and he like what, what is he gonna do say no yeah like they couldn't make his life a living hell after that oh for sure yeah so i feel like that criticism still stands but i do wonder about the coercion with that particular situation. Yeah, because it's hard to believe in the media like exactly what the intentions are behind a certain phrase or sentence or statement or thing that's said. But that right. one that one specifically was like really weird to me because I mean, in, on Run the Jewels 3, yeah, it was a song with uh, Zach De La Roca and basically he, yep. a song about burning down prisons and, and like all the, fuck it, like the Lord will sort them out after you kill them and shit. And it's, yeah. like, it's like, that's kind of, fire <laughs> like and then yeah and then years later he's like oh don't burn down your own communities it's like uh, kind of opposing messages there yeah so right and so i yeah i can't i just can't i can't help but feel like i mean i don't know killer mike has also done some other stuff that i really don't love like being on so that's, TV. Uh, yes uh <laughs> like that like exactly that yes uh and so you know i, I mean there's no artist who's views i 100 percent agree with not even beyonce so it's like i can't like mm-hmm. i can't act like you know he did me some great disservice by just being a person but like i have those feelings <laughs> i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah i got you that makes a lot of sense to me um would you agree with you, all your own feelings i mean i do you do you disagree with anything on this album like do you wish you can take something back or anything like that because you did you definitely said a lot of uh, things on this album and i i would agree with a good majority of them i don't think so yet <laughs> maybe some time will pass and some of the people that i'm mad at on this album will redeem themselves but okay <laughs> we'll see <laughs> we'll see that's good <laughs> good to, good to hear stand by your own that was a that was a test stand by your own oh. <laughs> i mean you know I'm not, I, I, I i can't act like i've never changed my mind on something before mm-hmm. you know but I, i'm not really in a position to be 
like like I said, if, if if the police really did coerce Killer Mike into speaking to the whole city of Atlanta and telling them to calm down, I'm not really in the same position as a so-called community leader to be placed in that position. So, you know, maybe if those choices come come to me later in life and I have to make the same decisions to protect myself and my family or whatever, maybe I'll yeah. maybe I'll turn into no. But um I, I wanted to kind of wrap uh, the segment up here talking a little bit, just a, just more of a general question, not really about the album. I mean, coming from a hardcore background and stuff like that, are there any crazy or chaotic like f- or fucked up tour stories that you, you guys can uh, speak on at all? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, w- I want to make sure you hear me. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? I got you. I'm here, I, right. I'm here yeah. buddy. All right. Um, okay, so I went out with this band uh, – Cattle drums. I, w- I used to be in a math rock band. This was like 10 years ago. Yep. It had to been like 2012 or 2013. We played in Milwaukee at this house called like the Temple or like the Temple of Doom or something like weird like that. And it was it was like in the middle of a heat wave. It was pretty hot in that joint. Um, so we played the show. We went to this weird chain diner that I found out really only exists in like the greater Milwaukee area called uh, George Webb. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's basically kind of like like a Waffle House like diner sort of deal. So like we were all eating at this place, right? And then behind us is like this girl sitting by herself, and like these three college kids, and they keep like bugging her and shit. They were just giving her a hard time for like no reason. Yep. And we we're just like, hey, can you like not do that? And they were getting like all tough with us, but they're like seventeen year old kids, like they were like high school kids, and we we're like, all right, like chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so they leave, they leave the restaurant. We kind of just go sit with this girl, and they leave the restaurant, and then they're outside. And our friend Sam, who was in the other band, um, he was seeing all this happen from outside, and he uh, he was on the cell phone with his girlfriend, and they started trying to pick a fight with him. And Sam got really fucking loud with him. He was like, yo, why are you fucking with my friends? Blah, blah, blah. He chases them across the street to like a CVS. And they literally climb up a stone wall and like a <laughs> chain link fence <laughs> into somebody else's yard. Because Sam looked insane. Like he had like matted hair. and He's like covered in tattoos. He didn't even wear a fucking shirt there. I had to put an order in for him. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 like he looked like a nut job. Basically, long story short, he's like just scared the living shit out of them, and they just like they like climbed up this like six foot wall, like at a, like, <laughs> like behind the pharmacy across the street. It was insane. Oh man, he's got like Spider Man really quick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it turned from like tough guy shit to like oh my god, like <laughs> like I want to go home like very quickly. So yeah. have you guys ever heard or seen of the uh, seen the movie Green Room? You ever have anything happen like that? Where it's like I'm the scared of that movie. crowd turns oh, on God. you or the venue turns on you or anything anything like that? Well, we played with subhumans and got heckled by a lot of old white punks, but it wasn't like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to break anybody's arm, right? No. I feel like the time is coming where we may have to fight our way out of a room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, feel like, I feel like that is not out of the realm of possibility at all. Yeah, I feel like with like the subject matter and stuff on your album, I feel like, um, and and in the punk scene again, there's definitely a lot of racism. I can I can I can oh, see it on the hardcore yes. scene. Yeah, yes, there is, and people, and people. What's crazy is that no one ever gets canceled for it. You know, <laughs> like people true. people do all this kind of all this crazy like like I mean, I feel like any black person in the punk scene could could be like, yeah, racism doesn't matter in punk at all. Like no one cares. <laughs> like everybody acts like they do, but no one fucking cares. 
Yeah, because it's like you're you're trying to be edgy, I guess, right? So I guess like using like symbology, like weird, like racist symbology and stuff is like being on the edge. I'm, I'm, talk- I'm talking about even I'm talking about interpersonally being anti-black toward people and treating people and like <laughs> treating people uh, as like as if they're disposable and making them feel like they're worth nothing. A lot of a lot of punks do that also. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and um, you know. A day of reckoning will come. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> just like Papa John said. I would just say, stay tuned. The day of reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight down? I mean, what is it about the record that's not straight? <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> yes, just like fucking Papa John. And, and what a guy! To, what a what a guy to bring into. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like his day. Just like his day came. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of these motherfuckers' days gonna come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Will you ever make a song about Papa John? Uh, <laughs> if he does something to me personally, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not leaving it out of the realm of possibility because he just be like he was beefing with random people for a little bit. True. But I can I, I got I, I do have a tour story for you that I can tell you. Oh, go for it. Um, so Audacity cut out for a moment, but basically Pierce was about to go in to explain that TJ and Gigi weren't in the band at this moment. He was playing a show in Montana in the early 2010s or mid 2010s or something like that. Uh, it was a house show that he was playing. He was walking through. He had to go to the bathroom, and I'll let him take it from here. My my fault. My fault. So I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling li- I'm, I'm, I'm feeling listless, and I really have to shit. So I get out I get out of the van. I'm in the house where this show is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just minding my business. Yep. The band group chat. Somebody goes, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf at the gig. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. It must be somebody who looks like Shia LaBeouf at the gig. And uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I just, I finished doing my thing in the bathroom, get out of there. And Shia LaBeouf walks by me. He's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and I just go directly back into the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> because clear, clearly I'm in the fucking twilight zone. Um, I mean, I'm like in the, I mean, I'm like quite literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And Shia LaBeouf of Even Stevens and Transformers more than meets the eye is at my fucking gig. There's probably like 25, 30 people at the gig, you know? So I'm just like, this makes no sense. And so then I, I learned that he's been doing a cross country hitchhiking road trip where he's also, it's like that he's turning into a documentary for Vice. And, and that's why he's, you know, he looked like he was homeless and had a camera and had two other people with him. Um, and, you know, while he was doing this, everywhere that he stopped, basically, he would drop his coordinates. And like on his, on Twitter, and people would find him, and uh, you know, link, link to like link link up with him, and they would, and he would go wherever they were going, hmm. and that was how his cross country road trip was working, and he was just going to all these random places. Oh, I see. So people would drop coordinates, and he would go to like the next spot. So somebody must have dropped the coordinate to your show or whatever. It was more like he would drop his coordinates. Oh, okay. And to let everybody know where he was at. Got it. Got it. Got it. So he did that, and. People who follow Shia LaBeouf on Twitter in Montana were like, oh, Shia LaBeouf is at this location. Mm-hmm. Let's go find him and meet him. So a show in Montana that is like 
25, 30 people suddenly, it's a house show also, suddenly has like <laughs> 200 people. Holy shit. Outside of like the house thinking it's a Shia above meet and greet. <laughs> the, the kid who's, who booked the show, God bless their fucking soul, was just like, I don't know what the fuck you think this is, but this is my house. And if you want to have any chance of meeting Shia LaBeouf, you need to get. <laughs> they were like, you need to give me. You need to give me ten. You need to give me ten dollars. Holy shit! And you need to come inside and watch these bands. Hell yeah! That, what a hustler. So the way the way that Shia ended up at the show was that he was like walking down the street or some shit in Montana and one of the other touring bands that like was also on the show with us just like I can't even remember who they were mm-hmm. um, they saw him and were like yo that's Shia LaBeouf and they like gave him the address for the for the gig and he pulled up and he was like this will be great for my documentary right so we're playing the show and Shia LaBeouf is in the pit <laughs> with the camera like moshing with the camera and, <laughs> and like kind of trying to like hype things up and make it look a little bit more crazy than it is which was funny yeah <laughs> and the basement is like fucking packed mm-hmm. with just like r- random people um and i'm just like yo how many of you have ever been even been to a house show before or like have, or sorry i've never been to a house show before and like everybody fucking raised their hands <laughs> and i was like this is insane <laughs> So yeah, we, we finished playing. Shia LaBeouf is like good set, and and then he kind of just goes on his merry way. And I re- regret not giving him a record or asking if he wanted to smoke the blunt that I had rolled. Um, but what happened after that, after he left, was that you know his coordinates stayed up on his Twitter. Yep. So people kept coming to the house thinking <laughs> he was there. <laughs> not believing the kid when he, when the kid was like, "Yo, Shia LaBeouf is not here anymore. Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, yeah. Trying to break into the house. Oh my god. People were trying. Like, people were just walking in, trying to force their way in. Like all of it, all of the above. And like we're sitting on the couch watching holes, and like <laughs> this shit, <laughs> and like and it's the people just kept coming for like hours afterward after the show had ended. Uh, I got a picture of him and everything. It's, it's mad weird. It was the weirdest shit that ever happened. He was bumming cigarettes from people, mm-hmm. so very weird. <laughs> like he was really, he was really, uh, he was really in the trenches. Is, is there any way you so, can send that to the email? I want to, I want to, or is it a private picture? It's a, it's on my Instagram, so I, I can, I can pull it. All right, cool. That would be great. <laughs> but. So this kid, you know, contacts Vice and is like, look, people are still showing up at my house. This is like days later, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, people are still showing up at my house because Shia LaBeouf <laughs> dropped his fucking coordinates here and the coordinates are literally my fucking house. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if I could get in touch with him to be like, hey, can you like take this tweet down? Yeah, so yeah. So people stop showing up to my fucking house. Mm-hmm. And Vice obliges and gets him in contact with Shia LaBeouf. But Shia LaBeouf is fucking irate and is like, you're trying to fuck up my shit. You're fucking insignificant. Like, says all of this shit to him. And it's just like, and dude's just like, can you just delete the tweet? Like, that's all. It's just like, this is my house. This is the coordinates to my house. Yeah, it's not your goddamn art like, project anymore, bro. <laughs> People are breaking into my house. Yeah, this is my <laughs> life. <laughs> like, oh, man. That's wild. God damn. So, yeah, that's that's probably my craziest tour story. That was a crazy tour story. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a really good one. <laughs> I, uh, holy shit. God damn. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf has seen Soul Glow live also. <laughs> that's the- <laughs> That's a good. It's a solid endorsement. I I I guess. Yeah. Goddamn. Uh, and apparently he enjoyed it. Oh man. Yeah. I wish he. I wish he didn't have to ruin it at the end by being a jerk. But you know. Oh yeah, but I mean, it seems like that's kind of his thing. Yeah. So. That's fair. <laughs> it seems like he's kind of just a jerk in general. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. He, he's nice to me though. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounded like it. All right, so I think we can wrap it up here. Are there any other any other <laughs> things to say? Any other co- spare comments, uh, plugs, anything? Go go off, Kings. <laughs> uh, uh, learn as much as you can um, from YouTube. Though it isn't free, it's probably not going to be at all free in the future. <laughs> Um, Gigi, what the? Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, I mean he's right. But <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. It's like that. That's definitely like bags. But like, wow. I just. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you learn how to do learn Ableton off of YouTube? I learned how to do so many things. <clears throat> Damn. Yeah, you're right. It's probably gonna be monetized at some point. Like, you're gonna try and figure out how to open up the gas tank on your uh, your 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 golf or whatever and it's like two dollars please you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah remember when we could, remember yeah. when we just watched videos of kids moshing in parking lots and it was friendly there was no ads oh uh, yeah yeah. Right? yeah that was nice remember, yeah, remember those remember years that, actually <laughs> yes i do remember there's a, there's the job a for a cowboy sp- <laughs> <laughs> the job for yeah, a cowboy like spongebob video <laughs> grandma's kisses <laughs> We thought it was just going to be like that forever, but no. You have to fight. If you don't want whack shit to keep happening, like YouTube having ads and Joe Biden being fucking president, we have to fight. These niggas are not going to give us the keys to the car. (laughs) It's true. The ads are going to keep getting longer. You said, we're going to hold Joe Biden accountable. (laughs) I'm fucking... I'm fucking cracking up. Are you serious? <laughs> Niggas was really saying that. My dad said that to me. I was like, how? Do you know him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Niggas so, really like, were saying <laughs> Right. Niggas were, Niggas were really saying that. You gonna they were really st- like, what are you going to do? <laughs> we're going to hold him accountable. Nigga, you can't even hold the people in your fucking punk scene accountable. What are you talking about? You're going to hold the goddamn president of these United States accountable. The delusion. <laughs> hold him accountable. Let's just get what, him. Out, we'll get him into office, and then we'll hold him accountable. You know what I mean? We'll go to the we'll go to the White House and talk to him. Yeah, I, he'll let me in. <laughs> like what? Like niggas were saying that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anything else? Anything else before we close off? Uh, <laughs> anything? Don't. Uh, uh, don't just don't talk to me crazy in two years about what I need to do for the country because the country can suck my fucking dick. That's all I gotta say. Fuck the IRS. That's all I gotta say. Fuck the fucking IRS. <laughs> Fuck the Secret Service. Real Fuck true. the military. Fuck the DEA. NASA is okay for now. <laughs> but that nigga's on thin ice. <laughs> and stream diaspora problems on every stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Stream that shit. Run it up. Fuck, fuck Nancy Pelosi, too. <laughs> I'm going to kneel on your grave. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Wait. All right. <laughs> There's like, I'm, I'm good. There's like. There's like 350 million Americans living out here, uh-huh. and they all just need to give me a dollar. That's it. Get, all right, yeah. So, yeah. Give Gigi a dollar, everybody. Give us, <laughs> everybody listen. Give everyone. And yeah. I'll share give, it. Give us, I'll share it with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, y'all should go see that movie. True. It's one of the few good right. things in this fucking world right now. <laughs> yeah. Just be, just be kind, okay? Because Niggas are struggling. 
be, ki- be kind uh, and buy buy Soul Glow tickets. I- I'll do your plugs if you guys are gonna do them. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. streamer. You know, we stream our shit. You know what I'm saying? We out on every streaming service. Yeah, you know, Spotify was giving us like ten cents a gallon. So, <laughs> I mean, we all right. we we all money. So, like, if y'all just bought that shit, like, we could probably make some money. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would be crazy. Cause we, yeah, we we niggas like niggas like, oh, you, you want epitaph? You got epitaph money now? I'm like, we don't have shit. <laughs> uh, epitaph has epitaph money, and epitaph has soul glow. So <laughs> we don't have shit. <laughs> yeah.